The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 118, Hades' Story. Before time began again, on the road from Olympus to Tartarus. I know what you've heard, and I know what they say, but that's not what happened, Hades said quietly. There was a time when all that lived was immortal, which made my job as god of death very easy, but also very boring. The underworld was empty, just me and my father, my one and only prisoner. So I looked forward to my brother's birthday party. Zeus, being God seated above all gods, indulged himself in a decadent celebration. Now, I had heard he had a daughter. I hadn't met her, and I didn't meet her at the party. She wasn't there. Apparently, the goddess of life and spring had duties and could not attend, so I thought nothing of her. Then one year on the way home, on the side of the road, there she was, making flowers. She sat on the ground next to the sapling of an oak tree, and she pulled flowers from the earth with her fingers. Then she would unfold their petals one by one. She smiled at me as I passed. We did not speak. I did not stop. And I thought nothing of it. She was twelve years old. A year later, on my way home from this very same event, I saw her again, sitting in the same spot next to a very small oak tree, pulling flowers from the earth. She smiled at me as I passed. She was twelve years old. This was the only time we ever saw each other. Once a year, every year, after my brother's birthday party, just a smile on the way home, and every year, the tree got a little bit bigger. One thousand years later, one thousand birthdays later, one thousand smiles, one thousand times I just rode by her without even waving back. On the one thousandth time coming home, I came to the tree, and it had fallen. The great oak had been cut down, and now it lay across the road. I was forced to stop, sitting next to the stump, in the grass, pulling flowers from the earth. The woman I would one day marry smiled at me. She was twelve years old. Hello, Hades, she said, as if she had done nothing wrong. Cor, what is the meaning of this? Did you cut down this tree? I asked. No, Apollo cut down the tree. Why? Because I asked him to. Well, ask him to move it. It's blocking my way home. He cut it down before dawn broke, but now he's in the sky escorting the sun. He can't move it until the day is done when he comes back to earth. Why did you do this? So we could talk. Cor, don't be foolish. Your life. I am death. There's nothing for us to talk about. You live in the underworld. You know I do. What's it like? It isn't like anything. It's an empty void. Just you and Kronos? Just us. Can you do something for me? What game are you playing at? No game. Just a little favor for your niece. What do you want? Kor bent down and pulled a flower from the ground. Will you touch this flower for me? Not everything I touch dies, you know. Oh, I thought it did. Mom told me it did. Only if I choose... What do you want me to kill this flower for? 
You are so suspicious. Did my father do this to you? Can't you relax? Stop, smell the flowers, and kill one for me. I knew better. My family's games made me question everyone. Cor was her father's daughter, but she smiled at me with a smile I had seen a thousand times before. And what could it hurt to kill one small flower? She didn't want me to fell an army or assassinate a king. If she had, I may have been more comfortable. The motivations behind those things were obvious. But this was just a flower. Hades, please do this for me. Kor's smile shifted to a pout, a pout that would one day put a collar and leash around my neck. I gave in and reached out and touched the flower. The small flower began to wilt. The petals fell and the seed pod grew, then popped open. Now the flower was a small globe of seeds, each with its own tiny parachute of white threads like an umbrella of feathers. Cor brought the flower to her lips, softly blew on the seeds, and they flew off the dead flower. Catching the wind, the tiny parachutes were carried into the distance. When they were all gone, Cor picked another flower and held it out to me. Again, she demanded. And once again, I killed a flower for her, and she blew on the seeds, spreading them into the air. One more, she asked, and we began again. She laughed after each one, and then held up another. She grabbed my hand and led me around from flower bed to flower bed. I laughed with her and smiled at her joy. She stopped and held out a dead flower for me, its white globe before my lips. Make a wish, she instructed. I closed my eyes and blew on the flower. What did you wish for? I can't say. If I say, it may not come true. Are there rules to this game? We keep our secrets, our wishes, our dreams. They are the most precious and the most guarded. If anyone knew what we truly wanted, they could use it against us. You should never say what you want. Say anything else. But if you told me what you wished for, I could make it come true. I pulled a flower from the ground. I let it die in my fingers until the white globe of seeds appeared. I held it out to her. You first. You tell me your wish, and I will tell you mine. My wish is to see you again. She held my hand with the flower in it. I want you to take this flower with you to the underworld. Blow on it there. Then, next year, stop on the way home. Spend the evening with me. Life and death should be friends. We have a lot to talk about, and so many beautiful things we can create together. That is my wish, and I give that to you for free. I will not ask you yours. Not yet. Meet me here next year. Why? I asked. For the fun of it, she replied. But don't tell my mother. She told me not to talk to you. She said you are the god of lies. Are you? Death never lies. Death is a harsh truth no one wishes to face. They bury that truth. They put it underground where they cannot see it. They call me a liar, so they can pretend they will not have to face me. But some day, even the immortals will have to listen to my truth. I do not lie, and because of that, no one wants to hear what I have to say. I want to hear you, uncle. But for now, I must go before my mother becomes suspicious. She kissed my hand holding the flower. I felt our energies blend for a moment. She stole something from me. Then Cor turned, 
a staircase appeared in the ground behind her, and she walked into the earth. She stole a year of my life. I was a year younger. She was now thirteen years old. You have to understand that there was only one way in and out of the underworld at the time, and it wasn't under anything. It's a parallel dimension. It's not in the sky or under the earth. It's woven through it. If reality were the threads of a fabric that went from left to right, the underworld would be the threads that ran up and down. Its existence holds reality together, and reality depends on its existence. Every coin has two sides. If there is life, there must be death. Likewise, if there is reality, there must be unreality. And that is what the underworld is. We named it the Underworld because the entrance was once in a cave. Tartarus. I sometimes wonder how my life would have unfolded if the entrance had been at the top of a tree or a mountain. Would the underworld have been mistaken for heaven instead of hell? Would I have been seen as an angel instead of the devil? My wife is never seen as a demon. Release me! demanded Kronos. Evening, father, I said as I entered the underworld. Free me from these chains and I will give you the world. I have a world. The underworld. You rule in a pit. I can give you the earth and the sea. Free me and all of creation will be yours. No thanks. Are you hungry? I am starved. Bring me your brother's heart so I may feast on it. Sorry. Fresh out. How about a nice salad instead? You are his prisoner. We are both locked away. Me by these chains and you with your misguided loyalty. Neither of us has a place in his paradise. Join me and together we will throw him into a pit. It won't work. Zeus has Prometheus in his pocket. He already knows I won't betray him, or he wouldn't have given me this task. Why are you loyal to him? He gives you nothing. I offer you everything. Simple, father. I like him, and I hate you. So, good night. Set me free, Hades, you willful child. Set me free, or I will eat your flesh. I shall crunch your bones. Free me or die. I didn't answer him. He never said anything different. Switching back from promising me the world to promising to kill me, I left him to rant to himself and found a place of quiet and peace deep in the void. I thought about Kor. She was a child and would always be a child. She was life. She was spring. She was youth and femininity. Forever a young girl. I was born and devoured. By the time I was free, I was an adult, thrown into a war with the Titans. For me, there was no time when I was a child. I never played in the fields. I never raced beside my brothers just to see who was the fastest. I was never young. But her? That's all she'll ever be. Until today. She stole a year of my life. She made me younger and herself older. Why? She is a child, and she plays games. Games I never played. Games I don't understand. She is a god, and she plays games. Games I have played. Games I do understand. I should not underestimate the daughter of Zeus. I unfolded my hands, revealing the dead flower Kor had given me. I lifted the delicate white globe to my lips. I made a wish, and blew spreading the seeds across the void. 
A few weeks later, as I walked through the dark emptiness that was my world, I came across, growing from a crack in the ground, a small yellow flower. I bent down and picked up the flower from its bed. I looked around, suspicious. Had Kor snuck into Tartarus? No. I was alone. I let the flower die in my hand and blew the seeds and remembered the strange evening I spent with the girl. Then I dropped the stem to the ground and forgot all about it. A month later, I walked through the halls of my kingdom. No banners adorned my throne room. No portraits hung from its walls. It was empty, formless. Even the idea that there was a throne room, that there was walls to hang portraits on, was really only a projection of my mind. The throne I sat on didn't exist. It was just a place I would rest. I stopped when I saw a familiar sight, a patch of flowers, small yellow flowers growing out of the ground from a bed of green leaves. There was more of them now, and as I searched through the void I found others. They were a kind of weed growing out of control everywhere. I laughed. This must have been some kind of joke, a prank pulled on me by a mischievous child. I didn't mind. My world did not have trees, it did not have rivers, it did not have mountains. But now, because of her, it had flowers. Maybe it wasn't a prank. Maybe it was a gift. A year later, there wasn't a place in Tartarus that was not carpeted with tiny yellow flowers. I bent down, pulling some from the ground. I made a small bouquet and placed it gently in my cloak. What is this? Kronos bellowed. What is what, father? I asked. Where are all these hideous flowers from? He demanded. I'm sorry, father. I would happily answer your interrogation later, but I'm going to be late to my brother's birthday party. I've been looking forward to it. I headed towards the mouth of the cave. That was the exit to my world. You don't have the power to make these. Who has been in my prison? Where is your sister hiding? My sister? Demeter? She wouldn't dare set foot in this place. Demeter has not been here. I'm sorry, father. We will talk about this later. Mm, we will talk about it now! He bellowed as I left the underworld, ignoring him. The party, as usual, was decadent. But my mind was not in it. All I could think of was Kor. I knew she was waiting for me. I looked at Demeter, trying not to be caught staring. I could see Kor's beauty reflected in her. But the childishness and the playfulness was missing. Demeter, like me, had been devoured by Kronos and never allowed to be a child. She joined the war when we were freed, and afterwards took on the mantle of Mother Earth. She crafted the life around us until her daughter was born, and then passed that duty to her. I knew Demeter didn't like me. I had nothing against her, but I could understand she feared that I would destroy the work she had spent her life crafting. The life around us. I represented the inevitable end of it, and she blamed me as if I had control. She bathed herself in the immortality Zeus had offered all of us. She did not want to know. She did not want to see that someday it had to end. So she ignored me and my existence. She hated me, because no matter how much she ignored me, I was still there. On my way home, I drove my horses a little faster than I normally would, and the gold in my chariot gleamed in the sunlight as the wheels raced along the road, until in the distance I could see the stump 
of the great oak tree. Sitting on top was Kor, waiting for me. I pulled the horses to a stop and stepped out of the chariot, taking my time and pretending I hadn't been waiting a year to do this. I took off my cloak and draped it across the chariot, then tethered the horses to the fallen tree that lay next to the stump on the side of the road. I turned to Kor as if I had just noticed her, and I had not been watching her out of the corner of my eye. Neither of us spoke as I stood before her. She just smiled up at me, sat patiently. Another game, I thought. She is full of them. They seem meaningless. What could it possibly matter who speaks first? Why are we teasing each other like this? This is stupid. I am an adult. I will speak first. But I didn't. I sat next to her on the stump, saying nothing. I reached down and plucked a yellow flower from the ground. I let it die in my hands, and then held up the white globe for her. She blew lightly on the seeds, spreading them out into the breeze. Lord Hades, you are so kind, she said, and her voice was like bells tinkling softly. Lady Cor, thank you for your compliment. It's a pleasure to be in your presence again. No, it is I that must thank you for honoring our date. Date? When two people make an arrangement to see each other, they choose a time and a place. It's easiest just to shorten this to date. They have set a date, and they keep it. Is that what this is? Yeah. And what do you do on these dates? Enjoy yourself. Enjoy each other's company. Kiss. Aren't you a little young for that? I'm not that much younger than you. I only appear so. If you were to calculate the difference in the time we have existed as a percentage, that percentage is less than 1%. How many years must pass until that percentage is so small it's not worth mentioning? A thousand years? Ten thousand? You are a child. You will always be a child. I am not, and I have never been. Nothing can be done to change that between us. Would you like to be a child? I thought the problem was that I was too young. Is the problem that you are too old? Why do you choose to be this old? It's not a choice. This is who I am. Look at me. I turned to her. We had been sitting next to each other, staring in the distance, but not looking at each other until now. Her eyes were bright, and her smile was broad. She reached up and touched my hair. She ran her fingers through it, then pulled a little. I felt her power flow into me and then I felt her pull some of mine out of me. My hair grew just a little. Then she sat back, her hands dropped from my head, and our power broke from each other. There, that's much better. What have you done? Now you are thirteen, just like me. I reached up and touched my face. I stood to find my clothes were a little slack, and the world around me a little bigger from my viewpoint. Kor knelt before me. She took the cuffs of my pants and rolled them up out of the dirt. She cinched my belt tighter and removed my vest and rolled up my sleeves. She readjusted all of my clothes for my new size and weight. She looked at me once again, her smile broad and mischievous. She tapped me on the shoulder and said, Tag, you're it. Then she turned and ran. Wait! I yelled after her as I ran to catch up. What does that even mean? She headed for a grove of trees, and we ran into the forest together. We spent the evening playing games, chasing each other, laughing. We climbed trees. We swam in the lake. I tried to catch a fish, and she laughed at me from the edge of the water. We found ourselves back at the stump as the sun began to set. How does it feel? she asked me. 
How does what feel? I asked in return. To be young, to be the child you never were. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get a chance to think about it. It just didn't seem important. Even now, I, I don't care what it feels like. I just feel happy, and there's no need to question it. That's it. Simple, isn't it? Do you like it? I do. The day has grown late. It's the end of our date. Would you like to kiss me? Now, aren't we both a little young for that? At what point will our ages not matter to you? Here, if that's what's bothering you. Once again, she reached up and brushed her hands through my hair, and once again I felt our energies pull and push through us. She stepped back and looked at me. I stared at her, and I felt something I'd never felt before. I wanted to touch her. I wanted to hold her. She was sixteen, and so was I. She touched my hand, and then I curled around her, my arms on her back, on her waist. Her head tilted up, and mine tilted down. Our lips met. Suddenly, the world was all wrong. The sun was so bright I couldn't see. The wind howled in my ears. I tried to cover them with my hands, and I closed my eyes as tightly as I could. I collapsed to the ground, and the grass stabbed at my skin. I screamed, and it was so loud the pain was excruciating. What is this? Cor, what have you done to me? I cried as I pulled myself into a ball on the ground. I couldn't stand it. It felt like I was being crushed by my own weight. Cor bent down to the ground with me. She wrapped her arms around me and pulled me to her from behind. She held my eyes with her hands, keeping the light from getting to me. Her skin was burning hot. I could barely stand it, but it was better than the light, which was too bright, even with my eyes shut. It's okay, she whispered, but it sounded like she was screaming. It's okay. Don't be afraid. What is this? What is wrong with me? I asked her. There's nothing wrong with you, Hades. What is going on? What you're feeling is life. It's what it feels like to be alive. Why is it so painful? Because you have never felt it before. You knew you should feel things. You saw the sun, and you knew it should be warm, so you believed you were warm. You saw the breeze, and you knew you should hear it, so you believed you heard it. You saw others experience life, and you mimicked them, but you have never felt it for yourself. Until now. I'm sorry it hurts. Would you like me to take it back? She held me, and I could feel her breath on the back of my neck, the soft palms of her hands holding my eyes closed. I could hear her voice tinkling like bells, and I wanted her. I had never wanted anything before. If you took it back, I would not know life any longer. I would never know you. Would we once again be strangers to each other? Yes, I'm sorry, but if I took it back, now that you know what it is, you would miss it. You would know what you've lost. I'm so sorry. How can anyone endure this? I asked as I tried to stand, but she held me tighter, keeping me down. It does get better. The more you understand it, the more you experience it, the more you will understand what you're feeling, and you won't see it as pain anymore. The wind is not howling, it's just a light breeze. The sun is as bright as it's always been. The grass is as soft as it was before. 
returned to me. I kept my eyes shut and continued to hold my ears closed as I turned to the sound of her voice. She put her hands back over my eyes. Hanes, I want you to know how wonderful life can be. I want you to understand me, and I'm glad you've chosen to keep your gift. I think I can help you endure it. Would you like that? Please. Okay, then. I'm going to kiss you again. This won't change anything like before. I'm just going to kiss you again, and you'll know how it feels. She kept her hands on my eyes, but I could feel her lean forward. Then suddenly her lips were once again on mine. They were soft. She touched me so lightly, it felt at first as if she was only breathing on me. Then she pressed into me just a little more. I could feel my heart beating. It was so loud I could hear it. She kept kissing me, and I didn't want her to stop. I could feel it. I could feel everything. And I knew what I was feeling was life. I took my hands from my ears, and the wind was not as loud as it had been. Or maybe, as she had said, I just understood it better. She backed away, breaking our kiss. I took her hands in mine and slowly pulled them from my eyes. She was the first thing I saw. And she was glorious. Her hair was like gold, and the orange light of sunset played with it as it sparkled. She had woven flowers like a crown around her head, and they smelled beautiful. How had I not seen that before? How had I not noticed? Her smile appeared, and it spread across her face and wrinkled her nose up a little. It was so broad. She was happy, and because she was happy, I was happy. She gave me happiness like the energy we shared. She pushed it into me. She took it from me. Hades, can I see you again next year? Next year? You want to wait till next year? After father's party, mother takes a very long nap. It's the only time she's not watching me. I see. We are immortal. A year is not that long. Meet me here again. I'll be waiting for you. Yes, I will be here. I stood from the ground and dusted myself off. I held out a hand for her, and she put hers in mine, and I pulled her up with me. I took the vest from off the stump where she had left it, and I walked to my chariot. She walked next to me and stayed at my side, I picked up my cloak and then remembered the flowers, pulling them out from an inside pocket. I presented the bouquet of small flowers to her. I wanted to thank you for your gift, so I made you this bouquet. I handed them to her. She examined them carefully. Her smile dropped, and she looked puzzled. She turned them over. She spun around and looked at the flower beds. She looked again at the flowers in her hand and raised her eyebrow. She looked at me genuinely astonished. Where did you get these? I didn't make these. From the underworld. The gift you gave me, the seeds of the little yellow flower. I blew on them in the underworld, and now it's covered with them. I don't know if it was some kind of joke or a gift, but it makes me smile seeing them, so I'm grateful, I told her. What do you mean the underworld is covered in them? I mean they took root and grew everywhere. That's impossible. Nothing grows without my attention. If I don't pull it from the ground, it doesn't exist. I don't know what to tell you, but there are flowers all over the underworld. 
I have to see them. Take me. You can't go to the underworld. It's forbidden. I'm the only one allowed to go in and out of the underworld. I have to see the flowers. This doesn't make any sense, Hades. The flowers can't grow without me, and they shouldn't be able to go to seed without you. If I saw them, I might understand what's happening. You can't go. It's not allowed. Find a way. Find a way to sneak me into the underworld. I will wait. Next year. Next year we will spend our evening there. Please. Please don't say no. I will do what I can. Thank you. Thank you. She gave me a quick hug and kissed me, then looked at the sky, now dark with night. I have to go. I've already stayed too late. Next year, Hades. I'll pick you up here, I told her. She opened the stairway into the earth behind her and ran downstairs. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. Thank you.